This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for... Thursday, March 4th. The time is, Alex? It is 12.46 a.m. on the East Coast, so it is actually Thursday. An authentic, is, authentic morning deuce here. It is a morning deuce. All the games are done. We waited. We didn't even react to the games live, although maybe reacting to that Blazers-Warriors game live would have been sort of electric yeah you probably would have called exactly what happened because we've seen it so many times now yeah exactly it's i mean it's the same thing every single time damian lillard the most predictable i think i said the most predictable and most unstoppable shot in the nba at the moment we'll get into that in a second the reason we waited till after the games instead of reacting live to the final games was because i was anticipating the lakers beating the kings and then luke walton getting fired during the podcast the lakers lost but lebron didn't play and alex caruso didn't play so really what what could we have expected super shorthanded um so i think the luke walton firing is still imminent but maybe not tonight probably not tonight off of a win although just like everyone was saying with all these other guys if he's not the guy why keep him around like why not pull off the band-aid it's all star break you're at home it's not like he has to fly anywhere just why not thinking why not let him go now but it doesn't look like it's going to happen during the podcast uh but more importantly well not more importantly than this us going through the shows but tomorrow i just want to get preface this now and let people know about this tomorrow because unless just in case you don't listen till the end of the episode today friday we're going to have a normal Friday deuce, fry deuce, but we're also going to have our first bonus top shot talk. And it's not, it's not going to be any ordinary top shot talk. We are going to have LG Doucette, who is the host and creator of the first mint, which is not only the, the top shot podcast, it's like the fastest growing podcast on all of Apple podcasts. It's top five in sports. It was in the top 200 of all podcasts, which doesn't happen easily. It exploded. And guys got a great, got a great voice, great voice for podcasting. And he looks like he could be a member of the Drogic family. I'm excited. I'm excited to have a guy on. I think it's going to be an electric conversation. I was excited just based off the fact that this guy is the mint. And, and now I'm even more excited after all those details, the first mint, I should say, this is going to be awesome. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be very informative, especially for me. I know you know a little bit more about Top Shot at this mm. point than I do because Maybe. I just really haven't dove in as much as you have. But we're both novice is probably a uh, a generous word for what we yeah. both are. Yeah, and I'm this hooked, guy, I'm, I'm fully hooked and addicted. So. Oh, yeah. And this guy is the authority. Mm-hmm. Like I, I told, I said before we got on, I was, t- we were talking about questions and I was saying like, this guy's a market mover. He says things on his podcast or on his Twitter and it, it, it can impact the top shot market. That's how influential this podcast has become in that world. So it's, it's awesome to have him as our first top shot guest. Yes. And I think also having him as our first top shot guest will lead to some other pretty good top shot guests. Because yeah. if he's on, if he's coming on the show, you know what? You can't say no. Can't be right. like, I'm I'm too good for the deuce. <laughs> if LG's going on the deuce, you're not too good for the deuce, you know? Yeah. Certain people out there. Mm. But anyways, <laughs> that'll that'll be that'll be fun. Uh that'll come out Friday. The normal episode will be up like normal, but then we'll probably we don't have to get into it too much because we'll promote it on the regular Friday episode as well. But it'll probably come out middle of the day Friday. Because we also obviously have to talk about it's perfect timing, too, because today there is top shot news that also extends to actual NBA news. And I think this is worth leading off the show with, to be honest, because the games we will get to the games in a second. It's it's two days before all star break. There was some there was some really good games. There were some really shitty games. A lot of these games. They they look like what we've been saying. Teams just are trying to just trying to get it done. Just get it done. But the end the so All Star Weekend is this weekend. The Rising Stars game is not happening. But the NBA announced. They said for they've said for a while now they're going to announce the Rising Stars rosters, even though the game is not being played. But they didn't do it the way they normally do it, which would be like on Turner or something like that. They announced it as a pack drop on NBA Top Shot, and they coincided with an actual Rising Stars pack drop that's happening on Sunday, which is not only awesome for people who are into Top Shot, but could propel the popularity of Top Shot to astronomical. I, I would, I'll be interested to hear what he thinks, but don't you agree? Like this could be another like tipping point for Top Shot that. Yeah, absolutely. That they, that they announced it on NBA Top Shot because casual fans are now seeing, like casual fans still wanted to see who's on this team. Some casual fans probably don't even know the game's not being played. But now they're seeing that, the, that it's being announced on Top Shot. It's huge for that whole brand. It gives it like such authenticity in terms of like replacing or, or being the new version of trading cards, you know? Like everyone had trading cards and stuff growing up, you know, but the cards you buy weren't working hand in hand with the leagues to announce stuff. So it, it's just really cool. Um, it gives in my mind, it gives it more legitimacy. Oh yeah, totally. And these packs, I, there's no I other, get my grubby little mitts on them, Joey. I got to get one. Oh my God. The way we I were might... feening, the way I was feening for that last rare drop this one, because by the way, we'll just put it this. I, I, they, so they on a first mint put out an episode today and he did a little addendum at the beginning talking about this announcement and said, which players were going to be in the pack. 
I don't remember off the top of my head now. Actually, I bet if we go to his Twitter, to the Twitter for that show, we could find out. But the point is, outside of LeBron James and somewhat maybe like Luca and some of these other guys, at this point, the most valuable top shots are rookies. Yeah. And this is going to include guys like LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, you know, whoever else is in the moment. But the rosters, it, I mean, all the top rookies are in it. So there you go. And it's a rare pack. So God, all kinds of juice right now. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Okay, so here's the USA team. LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, John Morant, Michael Porter Jr., Zion, James Wiseman. I believe Zion's in the pack. I'm very sure LaMelo Ball is in the pack. I remember him saying Precious Achua is in the pack, who's on the world team, representing – I don't know what that flag is. I should know this, but I don't know what that flag is. For you real quick. Yeah, I thought – for some reason, I thought he was – uh, Oh, he's Nigerian. I thought it was Nigeria. I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to, mm-hmm. but uh, Facundo Campazzo's in the pack. Facundo Campazzo's in the he's pack. Got to be the oldest rising star ever, right? I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Uh, Denny Avdija is in the pack. Future Hall of Famer. Michael Mulder is in the pack. Not a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> I, he may have said Lou Dort is in the pack. Ooh. Uh, so those guys aren't as exciting, but LaMelo, Zion, I believe Ja, um, Anthony Edwards. That's who, I, that's who I want to get my hands on. I need an Anthony Edwards moment. Zion, dude. Zion, you hate dude. Zion. You don't want Zion. If you I, get Zion, you legally have to send him on. away. I like money. I like smart investments. This transcends money for me. This is just my genuine hobby now. I just oh. like watching four-second video clips. That <laughs> I like to think that hypothetically, if I ever have a kid, he'll be set up by this Zion Williamson or or she, he or she, mm-hmm. or they, whatever it chooses. It's up to it's up to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna go down that road, I guess. But I guess I already just did. Yeah, we're, yeah. Zion. That that's the you know, college fund and. What not Zion? It's up to you, Zion. If I get a, uh, I'll tell you what, if I get a Zion, you are going to be rising stars one. top shot. I will be his number one fan and I will be ringing the Zion bell for the rest of his career. Love it. But, but until I, then, I still am going to come knocking for my $100 when he finishes top five in MVP voting at some point. It might happen. It may happen this year. People are so all over that guy's nuts. <laughs> um, so that was big news. I think it's big news. I mean, I, I realize it's not a hundred percent NBA news, but it is sort of. It, it's the first time that we're seeing, like Rachel Nichols tweeted out that the announcement was coming via Top Shot. So that's legitimate NBA fans seeing Rachel Nichols t- tweet out about Top Shot is a big deal. Yeah, really is. So, and they were saying on their podcast today that because the All Star Game is genu- is generally so like interactive that there's a good chance that during the game, a player will look at a camera and be like top shot, say something about top shot or like during the dunk contest, which would even more like exponentially on that stage for it to get mentioned mm-hmm. would be a big deal. So I'm, I can't wait to talk to this dude tomorrow about this. stuff. Yeah. It's this gonna be might fun. be our best episode. 
but well, maybe this one now it's i don't know yeah I, don't know. I think i think each day is the best episode because we just we get better every day yeah so but that that was a fun announcement that was really cool to see i know you were you were pretty jacked up about it because you yeah. texted me about it Still when it am. happened so we shall see i bought another i bought another top shot today yes you did who was it JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. That's a great purchase, I think. Because I, they also explained on the one of the episodes I was listening today that guys who get traded immediately become more limited, become here's more. What, yeah. Here's why I don't understand that is because they thought they were already all limited edition. Yeah, I, I, that's I got to clarify that with them because okay. yeah, that'll be I was saying list. that to somebody else, too, and he, they said the same thing to me, but they did say there's something about guys getting traded. It makes them more limited. And I think I can't imagine JaVale McGee being on the Cavs the rest of the year. Yeah. But I would like to clarify with him, if it's true that when guys get traded, that their value goes up, what does that mean for buyouts? Like if a guy gets bought out and he goes to a new team, or like if I bought a Victor Oladipo right now, and we're pretty sure he's not going to be on the Rockets next year, if he leaves to the Heat in free agency and I have a top shot of him from the Rockets, does does that change the value? Like, I think those are interesting. Oh, I lost your audio. For me still? There you go. Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Cool. That's good for the pod. Yeah. I moved my microphone around and the cord came out. And so. now you're trying to avoid editing it later by <laughs> clarifying. Well, I'm not going to edit it. I think okay, I think that's cool. part of what people like about our podcasts. We don't sweat that kind of stuff. The yeah. pro- professional podcasting stuff. Yeah. Ugh. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, let's talk about tonight's games. Obviously, we, we mentioned off the top the two games that just ended, but we should start with the Warriors-Blazers game that had some controversy at the end, but also ended in the most predictable fashion, as you mentioned, Damian Lillard down one, down one. I don't remember the exact score. I just know that it was going to go absolutely gonna, disgusting step back. Yeah. Well, it would disgusting. And also the exact same step back that he hits every time this year that he's done it. Literally uh, every time. Let's see. Lillard. Yep. They're down, down there. one with 14 seconds left. Hits a 29 foot three point step back jumper. Left hand dribble, left step back to his left. I would just once, one time, would like for one NBA defender who knows exactly who Damian Lillard is and exactly what he's going to do, I would like for them once to force him to do that step back going to the right. At least try. You know what's coming. And even at that point in the game, even if you force him right, He's not driving to the rim. He's not going to the rim. He he wants that jumper. He wants to win the game. Maybe he does, but I don't think so. And I think there's 
I know it's easier said than done, but at least put the lead foot up and, and try to force him to yeah. take the step back to going to his right. It's automatic when he goes to his left, especially in, in the clutch like that. And you know exactly what he's doing. It's He does the same move every time, and it's electric every time. It's amazing. And it's, it's the funnest thing to watch in sport, in the sport right now, is a close game with Damian Lillard playing in it. He's just able to create so much space with that step back. Like they showed a slow-mo after Kent Bazemore was on him with his hand up. And it was just like, he had no chance to cover the ground that Lillard like made between them with that step back. And it was just funny watching like the terror in his eyes, like, Oh my God, I've seen this on film and there's no possible way. I'm even going to alter this shot. And of course it, it was all net. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. And he didn't even have that great of a game. Statistically no, speaking, he only had 22, which speaks volumes crazy. to them winning the game against a pretty good Warriors team who I are now, in. oh, sorry, who are now 0 and 1 on the year without Kelly Oubre. His first game he missed and they lost. Shit. Well, I, I only checked in for the fourth quarter and, and Lillard seemed to be having like a great fourth quarter. So when I saw he only had 22, I was like, oh, he must have been having a really bad game up until then. But yep. Uh, the controversy in this one was the play before or the play, excuse me, after the Lillard three was a offensive foul, a charge on Draymond taken by Damian Lillard that I thought looked like a charge in the moment. It got reviewed. It was upheld, but there was a lot of people on Twitter saying it was not a charge that he was. I actually thought on the slow-mo replay, it did not appear that he was set long enough for that to, to stand, but they confirmed it. So, I mean, it is what it, it wasn't like totally egregious in my mind, but I probably would have changed the call. Tough situation happens in front of the Blazers bench in Portland. Not saying that that's the right thing, but just refs are human. And we're going to talk yeah. more about refs, right? Probably right now, but got to refs are human and people are going crazy on the refs and i'm not saying that the nba doesn't have a refereeing problem but haven't they always it's just okay well we can get into that do we need do you have anything else from this game I, it's just steph was steph steph yeah, was, that was pretty much all i was gonna say he, he's just so good right now so locked in yeah he's incredible uh this team they're limited but he's just fun and i it would be fun if they were a little bit better because he would have a legit shot at MVP, but they're just not good enough. Yeah. They're just not good enough. Especially when you saw how bad they really were without Draymond. It makes the value, not that Steph isn't valuable, but it makes the value a little lower because without Draymond, they were pretty awful. And then maybe Kelly Oubre is the most valuable player. Well, it certainly isn't Andrew Wiggins because that guy is like, I I just can't get over how the talent the discrepancy between his talent and his like production, you know, mm-hmm. he just doesn't do anything. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I also, I don't know if this is their last, this has got to be their last yet, unless they play tomorrow night, this is their last game before the break. I got to start watching more warriors because people have been kind of dragging James Wiseman and his minutes have gone way yeah. down. Well, they do play tomorrow. They play the Suns tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to watch that because he hasn't, I guess he hasn't been playing very good and he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes. I'm interested to know what the deal is there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So to continue on the referee trend, your your boys tonight. Yeah. That's what the game, game, right? Philly, what a game. Philly beat Utah 
131-123 in overtime. And you could probably speak to the game as a whole more than I can because you watched the whole game. I watched most of the fourth quarter until my internet went out for two minutes and I missed mm. some of the bit, the action. And then I saw the overtime, but we'll we could start with the, the game itself. Uh, God damn. Joel Embiid almost had 40 and 20. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I knew he, I knew he was having a big game. I didn't realize he had 19 rebounds too. Against Gobert. Like he kind of saw this as, okay, I'm going up against reigning defensive player of the year. And so I'm like, not, he always plays hard, but tonight he was like so focused on scoring. Um, and he's just so much stronger than Gobert that didn't, didn't really bother him that much. Yeah. It looked, uh, yeah. And I saw someone tweet it and it did look, I saw what they were saying that he was not really playing like a finesse game tonight. He was just no, he was bullying, right at Gobert. Just bullying yeah. him. It was more yeah. like Shaq than Joel. And it was just, there's a couple moments it did look like Shaq. It really I've always was. told you that. I've always said he's the most talented and potentially dominant offensive big man since Shaq. He just doesn't always play that way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you would you would hope that a guy who can do this any night would do it, and not only do it when he's jacked up to play against Rudy Gobert, but yeah, I would hope to see this it. sort of shit every night in the playoffs. Uh, um, ben Simmons too, though, right? Like, wasn't he playing? Pretty incredible defense most of the game. Yeah, he played great defense and was super aggressive through three quarters and then kind of disappeared, like in terms of scoring the ball in the fourth quarter as he typically does. But his defense is so good. And Bede's defense, and, and Embiid actually had a comment after the game saying he wants to be a defensive player of the year. So it's kind of like we've heard <laughs> Simmons say that so many times. But Embiid's defense in this game was like a masterstroke. Like to to go for 40 and 20 and then or 40 and 19 and play the defense he did, like this to me was his biggest MVP moment on the season because he also hit a disgusting three to send it to overtime. Um, and then he and Tobias Harris just dominated overtime. But uh the, like this was as complete of a performance as you could have, and it was against the team with the NBA's best record. So I'm like, I'm super excited about what the Sixers are doing and just trying to kind of suppress it a little bit. Cause that's a great point though, that I think it was Wob who tweeted after Luca's shot the other day that every year, like MVPs have that moment in the season that people look back on and say, Oh man, this was one of the, this is definitely one of those moments yes. for be- beating the team with the best record in the NBA that way and that dominant of fashion if he if when they're talking about it they're going to say like remember that game against utah maybe yeah. for all-star break yeah so he had a play like he altered a shot either by clarkson or donovan mitchell that went off the backboard and rudy gobert got the rebound and Embiid pivoted and was able to block a gobert dunk like in the same motion almost and yeah. that i was like that's an mvp moment and then of course he does what he does offensively it, it was it was pretty brilliant. Uh, if you're watching this and you missed this game, I'd watch the highlights because it was it was really. Also, if you're listening to this and you missed the game, watch the highlights. You said yeah. watch, if you're watching this. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. Well, I mean, you correct. We, we <laughs> that's what we do here. We correct each other. No, no, no. I'm genuinely thankful. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you need any indication, just looking at the box score of the Phillies, how dominant Phillies defense was. Donovan Mitchell took 34 shots, which is very uncharacteristic of the Jazz in general. And he only had 33 points on 34 shots. He only got to the line six times. 
as a team, they only took 19 free throws to Philly's 35. So you could, you could go refs, which is what the jazz announcers were doing, or you can mm-hmm. talk about the defense, which I, I have to say, I think the refs had a horrible game in the Sixers favor. Wait, well, you <laughs> got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. So you texted me when my internet went out that something that the Philly got a really bad call on their, in their, on their, behalf in their favor yeah what was it so it was a play there was a loose ball going out of bounds and Royce O'Neal went to save it and he was able to they called his him out of bounds as he's like flinging it back into play to Donovan Mitchell and then they go to review it and he just not even close to being out of bounds and then for whatever reason I don't know the ruling on it but instead of just jumping it up you know because there's no clear possession they just went with it's Philly's ball, which made absolutely no sense because he wasn't even close to going out of bounds. And then there was two or three calls that Embiid got that were like pretty, pretty terrible calls. And as a Sixers fan, I'm not, I don't give a shit in the moment, but I was like, oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty good for my guys, but not a good call whatsoever. But then Donovan Mitchell completely loses his cool in overtime, gets technical at a critical point in the game. And then like, Two plays later, gets ejected because he, he just he went crazy. And as he was leaving the court, he like punched a Gatorade container. I saw that, and it, and it hit a staff member for the arena. And he, he apologized. He like, yeah, he was cool about it. Like, but it was it was pretty wild. I was like, oh my god, what a baby. But <laughs> well, and then it's, and then after the game, he said, "I'm never one to blame refereeing, but this is getting out of hand. We continually get screwed. We won this game, in my opinion. It's getting fucking ridiculous. I'm sick of it. It eats at me. It's really getting out of hand." He's got to be really pissed off to say something like that because it's not really his character. But also, the team with the best record in the end yeah, gets continually like, screwed. Come on, man! <laughs> what, are you, what are you? You should be thirty-five and three or something in right. your mind. Like, what are we talking about, Donovan? Although I will say they're now three and four in their last seven, including this was the second time all year that they've lost two in a row. Mm-hmm. So the regression has yeah. begun. They did look pretty fantastic for most of this game, I got to say. And, dude, I, Dwight Howard had a stretch in this game. Dwight that, Howard. That, that saved – like, Dwight Howard has plenty left in the tank, and, like, he's becoming a fan favorite here. But he had, like, a three-minute sequence with, like, two blocks, a three-pointer, an alley-oop. Like, it was it was electric and uh, kind of saved the Sixers from getting totally blown out in the third. Yeah. Great game. Interesting. Yeah, man. It's a good, really good win for the Sixers. Yeah. And they got to get wins. I guess it doesn't really regular season who just wins or wins, but this is a confidence boost for a, a team that you still, even though they have the best record in the East, you still kind of wonder time to yeah. time whether they actually are the best team. Mm-hmm. So good win for them. Uh, let's talk about Zion since that was a, uh, some, a point of contention for me always so the pelicans lose to the bulls who we've both are to have decided we're going to bet bulls every game for the rest of the season because all they do is cover it's it's insane the bulls win 128 124 and if you look at the box score of this game it looks like it was close it looks like zion had a good game 28 points, 10 of 17 from the field. He was 8 of 16 from the free throw line. That's horrible. 
that getting to this to the line 16 times is, is good. But if you watched the whole game, which my assumption is most humans will not, and they'll look at the box score and the highlights and say, Oh, well, it wasn't Zion. Zion had a good game. Zion was, I remember I texted you at one point, Zion through three quarters, the bulls played the best defense I've seen on Zion and Patrick Williams played great. They, you know, Zion leads the league in getting a shot block. No, I didn't. That's a cool stat, <laughs> which is even more remarkable that he's still so effective in the paint and scoring. So it is impressive, but Patrick Williams was playing really good defense on him. They were playing really good defense on him in the first half. They went away from him for a lot of the, first, like he was just not getting touches. I think he only had eight shots going into the fourth quarter. And the Bulls announcers did point out that a lot of the times when he was not getting touches, his body language was not good. He was just sort of standing out by the three-point line. He looked frustrated. He was playing really bad. And even though this game was only a four-point game, they were getting beat pretty badly in this game. They made a little bit of a run at the end, but this was never really in hand. The Bulls had this game pretty much. The Bulls were up 19. The Pelicans scored 45 points in the fourth quarter and lost. That's almost impossible. So it's Zion's young. He's, he has, but my point is, is before the, he gets crowned anything, people have to really watch the tape on him because his limitations as an offensive player are going to start haunting him when he plays against teams that have good individual defenders and have a good strategy against him because he has no other weapon other than scoring at the rim at this point. Yeah. And you can, he, like I said, leads the league in getting his shot blocked. And even though he goes by guys, I, I will, I, I can't deny what he is, the things that he is good at. He is elite, maybe already one of the best we've ever seen in terms of just scoring at the rim and getting to the rim. It's just, absurd the things he's able to do but the things he's not able to do he's so bad at that he doesn't even try and it's really going to impact him and if you're the go-to player on your offense which he seemingly has become for some reason over Brandon Ingram and you're giving up 128 points to the Bulls you're going to lose a lot of games yeah um he had five assists tonight but the thing I think like we know he needs to stretch the floor like stretch his game out but he also needs to see the floor better and start being able to pass out a double team. Like mm-hmm. people are going to double team him like crazy because he's literally unstoppable in the paint one-on-one. So along with getting that jump shot, just him being able to pass out of those double teams, I seriously think will help this team start winning games. But again, like I always say, when we're talking about Zion, he still hasn't played a full season. He looks like the type of guy that's willing to put the work in. So I'm, I'm hoping like, Next year, if the Pelicans are, are 15 and 20, then I'll be like really concerned about Zion. But I, I, I just think he still needs the benefit of the doubt because he's so young. Offensively, I think he could get better, which is crazy to think because he is averaging like 25 a game. Mm-hmm. My concern is on the de- it's it, my concern is actually almost becoming more on the defensive end because he he does have the worst defensive rating on their team and. For the most part, outside of JJ Redick, the other and Brandon Ingram, who's not known as a defender, every other player they play is known as a plus defender. 
Right. Eric Bledsoe is known as a very good defender. Lonzo Ball is known as a very good defender. Josh Hart got drafted for being tough, defensive-minded player. Steven Adams is known as being a good rim protector, good defensive rebounder. Jackson Hayes, who's getting more minutes, is a shot blocker, rebounder. So what's what's and we also know their coach is known values as, defense very very. So highly. how are they one of the worst defenses we've ever seen? That's concerning. Definitely, yeah. So and that's part of why they're still just not. You know, we talked about how outside of Brooklyn, this is one of those teams that could score a ton of points every night. But even Brooklyn, I don't. I think eventually Brooklyn's not going to be giving up 125 a night. This team cannot stop giving up 125 points a yeah. night right now. And once really Luke can. Walton gets fired, this will probably be the worst defensive team in the league because Sacramento is the worst defensive team ever. But you'd imagine once they fire him and bring in a new coach, there'll at least be some uptick hope. defense. <laughs> but I get it. And you got to give credit to the Bulls because they play, they've been playing really good all year. Another 36 for Zach Levine. Kobe White, if, if, if Kobe White plays like this, this team is, is going to be really hard to beat for anybody, 25. But they just continue to play well, get better. Patrick Williams, we, I'll continue to say it looks like they really got one with him. Yeah. Because defensively, he looks what like a pick he, that was. I was so down on that pick, and he's just no one he's just NBA was, ready. Like no one knew what was going on with that pick. Like I think yeah. the consensus was like, what what's happening here? Even I, mm-hmm. I he went to Florida fourth, State. fourth overall. He man. went to Florida State, and I thought he was the second best Florida State player in the draft. Yeah. It's so remarkable. It's yeah, it really is. Uh well, speaking of new coaches and getting an uptick, Atlanta beat the magic. So they've won two in a row now since Lloyd Pierce got fired. They're now four and one with Nate McMillan as their coach. 115, 112 over Orlando. And the the real story for this one is under Lloyd Pierce, this, this season they were they had become notorious for blowing fourth quarter leads. In this game, they were getting beat up pretty bad early on and came back and won in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they won the fourth quarter by 15 points, which is awesome. And definitely points to coaching <laughs> like like sure. those the coaches really come into play in terms of just in terms of not quitting in the fourth quarter when you're getting smoked mm-hmm. and then to also finish off a comeback so good for nate mcmillan i'll throw another that. thing out there clint capella didn't play in this game and instead of starting onyeka Onkongwu, he put gallo in the starting lineup which is an interesting thing to do uh, yeah. which is and he played great he had a really good game yeah probably his second best game of the year other than that one game a couple weeks ago where he had like 38 yeah Uh, but two wins in a row now this is sort of what we anticipated with nate mcmillan with for this hawks team they it as they get healthier and they get their guys back this is one of those teams that is potentially very scary in the east if they can get things going talent wise they already are and yeah if they start playing like we expected them to yeah like where are they so right now, even with all the stuff they're going through, they're 16 and 20 and they're 11th. They they're are a game and a half out well, of first out of a playoff position. Well, they're well, they're a game out of the play-in tournament. Right, right, right. right. So, Keep forgetting about that. Yeah. That so there you go. I mean, it, again, don't agree with the way it went down, but Nate, I think we knew Nate was at least a more proven and better coach than Louis Pierce. So Definitely more proven, yeah, and seems to be just better. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe just for this roster. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe yeah, Lloyd will point. get another job in another place and he'll be better for that roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's something with Nate McMillan. He's been fired twice from situations where it seemed like he was doing a good job. So, and the team was on the uptick, at least for the Pacers. I thought so. He, he didn't he get fired in Portland. Yeah. I just don't remember at the time, I guess Portland was on the way up. Right. And then as that stats took over and that, yeah. Hey, you're right. So I don't know. It's interesting. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they'll be scary if they keep trending up as they get healthier, just like a lot of these teams in the East that have been struggling. Oh, I got to get back to these games. Oh, but on the opposite end of getting a boost from your coach, the T wolves got absolutely butt smoked. This is their, so now they, they haven't won a game still with Chris Finch. Hmm. Now they lost to the Hornets by 33. They gave 135 points. Um, if let me tell you something, if they didn't just fire their coach, this guy would be on the hot seat. You literally can't fire him. Like he's he's pretty much untouchable for the year, I would imagine. Yeah, but again, I'm and he shouldn't be fired. He should be given a chance. Right. But it just points to couldn't they have just let Ryan Saunders lose these five games and fired him at All Star break? Honestly, it's it's crazy to me. And it it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It just it, it frustrates me every time because losing a game like this at home, it just reeks of a team just not giving a shit. Yeah, I mean, one giving up one thirty five. The Hornets are a solid team, but one thirty five is a big number, man. I, like and only scoring one hundred two. I mean, if yeah. it was a if it was a shootout for a team that has offensive talent, Malik Beasley is suspended. So he's didn't play, but still mm-hmm. he still out. Right. But you still have cat mm-hmm. and Anthony and the number one pick. And he should be better. He shouldn't be getting, I, I, I truly don't think this team gives a shit and will not for the rest of the year, but we'll see. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, your boy Malik Monk, another 18. Love it. Absolutely love to see it. 26 minutes. My guy. That's scary, what I need to get in my pack. Scary my Terry. Scary Terry with another great game. He's continuing to have a quietly great season. Really is. He's averaging 20 points a game. Like, that's not – I had, did not have Terry Rozier pegged as 20 points a game guy this year. Yeah, He was a there, solid player, but – Yep. There's a reason why everybody it loves watching this team. They just have a lot of fun pieces. Yeah. And Devontae Graham's still not playing. So – uh. All right, before we get to because we should talk next. Let's we'll do the the Brooklyn game next. But before we get to that, it's the it's Alex's favorite part of the show. Every show. This is the part of the show where we tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast with us here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, which, as was established yesterday on the show, is a huge deal in Alex's eyes. And it is a huge deal. But Alex loves that part. The, the personal cover art loves it. Right? Absolutely. You can love speak. It, yeah. you can so speak. I was going to just let you ride this one out because I'm evaluating it. But go ahead. 
in addition to the cover art, you'll get Q and A's with blue and blue, blue and wires, blue wires, mm. top podcasters. <laughs> Alex is ju- Alex is judging every word I say every time I do a <laughs> I talk about blue wire hustle. You'll receive personal cover art. And Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of the listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. I can't, I can't even do this. Do you want me to take over? Without a straight face. Yeah, you want to finish it? Yeah, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. You almost... You almost stumbled in the last yeah, little hitch, little, little turnover late in the fourth quarter there, but uh, you know, pulled it out. Yeah, you got a good. You have a good uh, ad read voice. I think Thank I you. might have you do more of them. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Brooklyn, Houston. I didn't realize that Houston's next game was against the Nets when they announced that they were retiring James Harden. <laughs> yeah, neither the, yeah, I, I, I honestly either. didn't put that together. And I guess they did like a really emotional tribute to him before the game. So I guess maybe that makes sense, but it still seems early to retire his jersey. They the the Nets win 132-114. Harden had a triple double. Uh yeah. But yeah, it's still weird, but I guess they wanted to be able to honor him. It almost seems like they're just true. The owner's like, we got to do something to get people to forget that we've lost 12 straight games here, like anything. Because this team is free-falling. Um, I just can't really understand why. Like, they're free-falling because James Harden is like, get me out of here, you know, and messed up their whole team. Right. And now they're honoring him during a 13-game skid. It's just bizarre. It's just completely bizarre to me. Yeah, and, and I will say, I know that most people don't think Steven Silas is going to get fired. I don't think he's going to get fired. He shouldn't get fired. He's in his first season but I'm very worried about this situation because games like this, first of all, obviously a 12 game losing streak for anybody sucks. It's, it's tough. The nets are playing out of their mind. They have been playing great, even without Kevin Durant. However, even this nets team, when you get 69 points from John wall and Victor Oladipo, you shouldn't still lose by 20 points and give up 132 points. It just, it's getting a little, I don't want to say tenuous because I don't think, I don't think there's any possible way, but I get flashbacks and I'm sure Steven gets flashbacks too, to the year in Charlotte where we hired his dad to coach. It didn't go great. And we won seven games and they had to fire him to get rid of the stench and Steven just never got a chance to coach there. This, this losing like this becomes, it just becomes like an, an infection. It's hard to get rid of it. And yes, dude, but the biggest favor that they can do is to get the guys that don't want to be here off this team. So they can start building something like PJ Tucker plays 31 minutes 
takes two shots, has three rebounds. Like PJ Tucker's too good of a player. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. So do Steven Silas a favor and purge this roster of dudes who just literally don't want to be there anymore and then see what he can do when he's coaching guys that are playing for their job, you know? Kind of strikes me as John Wall, Christian Wood, and that's it. It feels like no one else wants to be there. What about your boy, Jason Tate? I just mean of the guys that oh, have, the guys have, that actually, have value yeah. to get traded. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Again, I, I don't think – I think he'll at least get through a season. And potentially. He has to. I mean, he's been – the situation is such a disaster they gave to him. I know. It just – Front offices and owners start to they it, there's one thing saying we're going to rebuild and we know we're going to be bad, and then there's another thing seeing it happen in a just a way like this where you are just getting smoked every night, losing tons of games. There's the pressure builds whether they realize it's going to happen or not, and sometimes front offices and ownerships make rash decisions. You got to think that it's not going to happen. I hope it's not going to happen, but let's see. It's just, they are a dumpster fire. They are not putting him in a position to succeed right now. We were worried about that from the beginning, that he was walking into a position, into a job where he wasn't going to be put in a position to succeed in his first opportunity. Hopefully they're committed to him. That's all I can say. Crazier things seem to seemingly have happened in the NBA at least actually I don't know that anything's been crazier than a first year coach getting high, getting fired like halfway through the year. But at the end of the year, we've seen, I've seen crazy. I mean, we've seen crazier things than a coach going one and done because of what they did. And the Christian wood thing is a big deal, but a lot of times again, Ryan Saunders, the team was never healthy, got fired. I think, I think it goes beyond the Christian Wood thing and back to the James Harden thing where like... They haven't won a game since... They were a 500 Yeah, team. no, I know. I'm just saying the total picture, like this season is, is completely unique, you know? Like mm-hmm. your all-world player doesn't want to be there and is messing up team chemistry from day one. Then you start win, winning games when he gets traded and then your best player gets hurt. So... I don't know. I, if they fire him, like what coach would want to go there? You know, I like... You've got no leash. It's I think it's a crazy lot of coaches to, to not make it's an it NBA job. There's 30 of them in the world. Like someone, some, a lot of guys will probably yeah, want. I it. would lose. I mean, I wouldn't trust this owner for anything. If he, if he, if he, if he acts with Steven Silas before the season's over, that that would be. No, I don't think it'll happen. But I get. I'm saying like, if there's not some type of progression by the end of the season, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because I think a lot of front offices will say, well. Yeah, we're not where we want to be yet, but these young guys should still be getting better and we should still be competing. Mm-hmm. Sh- like if they keep getting blown out every night, it's tough. Yeah. They got to see some type of progression. Even though I'm not saying they need to. I'm saying a lot of times they might think they need to see something, even though they just they're not in a position to see it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, all right, last couple games before we wrap up tonight's show or today's show. Um Toronto got blown out by the Pistons, but they're missing oh, Jeremy Grant. Well, but they're missing Nick Nurse is still out. No Siakam, no Fred Van Fleet, no OG Ananobi. They they get they got crushed by COVID. This is their first game back since six of 
they they played a game with six of their coaches out because of COVID, and then they their next game got canceled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm looking at their their lineup tonight was miserable. <laughs> it's not that much worse than what the Pistons rolled out there tonight. <laughs> Look at that lineup, bro. Wait, was the were their players not playing for the Pistons? Well, the, is I mean, it the just Pistons that they're the Pistons bad, right. and they don't have Jeremy Grant? So, oh, I didn't realize Jeremy Grant didn't play. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Dennis Smith Jr. with a triple double. Okay. Top shot time? Uh, probably not, but <laughs> what if there's a top shot of him from the Knicks? Maybe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now we're thinking about it. Uh, all right. Indy pulls out a win against Cleveland, which suddenly is a, a desperately needed win for them. They're not in the playoffs yeah. right now. I didn't even realize that. They're out of the playoffs. It's so wild, too, because when DeMontis Sabonis got snubbed, like, how does the fourth best team in the East not have an all-star? And now they're in ninth seed. Yeah, it is crazy. But they had lost – yeah, they lost five of six. Um, they, had, they had a couple postponements in there. Were they hit by COVID or they were just going up against teams that were hit? I think they were going up against teams. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I think they were going up against teams that were hit. Okay. And they still don't have TJ Warren back. I mean, th- this has been a rough season for a team that, like, was super promising early on. It's um, because it goes back to last year. They just can't get right. They were injured yeah. all last year. It goes mm-hmm. back to even before that. It goes back to the old depot injury. He gets hurt and everyone, they just keep getting hurt. They were never really healthy last year. They were never healthy in the series against Miami. They haven't been healthy this year. It's crazy. I guess it goes all the way back to Paul George, right? Snapping his leg. <laughs> he did snap his leg. He did snap his leg. I think it goes back to Malice at the Palace. Who no Danny Granger? Well, the Mouse no. of the Palace was before that, but Danny, Mouse of the Palace was Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal and Steven. Yeah, Jackson. no, I'm just saying Danny Granger's bit was hurt, right? He yeah, was he like, was. Yeah. yeah, he did get bit a little bit by the injury bug. Wow, maybe Mouse of the Palace, that fateful beer that hit Ron Artest in the face, just stained this whole franchise. It definitely doesn't go back to Rick Smiths because that team was going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Notice how I didn't say Reggie Miller; I said Rick yeah. Smith. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they crazy, but oh, but what we do have to talk about from this game, which I guess we I kind of glossed over at the beginning, is you might be rich by tomorrow because TJ McConnell had a triple double with steals, which I think is the 11th in NBA history, and I and I'm pretty sure the first in Pacers history. Pretty awesome, but his top shot value is still sitting at twenty dollars. So it's I'm, it's it's early, dude. It just it happened. Let yeah. the community start talking about it a little bit. Should I check it right now? Sure. Uh, I, I hope this team gets healthy because I think they are a playoff team when they're healthy. But man, it's rough year for everybody. Um, and in the final game that we didn't talk about, well, we didn't really talk about Sacramento, Los Angeles, or the Sac. Kings versus Lakers. I don't think there's much to say, right? Like, no, I mean, LeBron didn't play. So that's why LeBron didn't play. And they still barely, the Kings still barely won. And we're just on Luke Walton watch, essentially. Uh, and then the last game, which I did not see a minute of, but I saw OKC fans tweeting about it, was Dallas OKC. Dallas won 87 78. <laughs> I like, did this game get canceled in the fourth quarter? Or <laughs> yeah. what, what, what? I don't know. Man. Why is it that low? I don't understand. No Luca. Oh, Cause there's no Luca. That, that's why. Yeah, Dawson, but still, no that doesn't mean still no Luca. 
No Luca. So or what are we are we saying that without Luca, Dallas has the best defense in NBA history? No, I, I don't understand how nobody even gets to ninety points in this game. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, the Thunder completely suck ass. So like that. I mean, that makes sense that they're not and even able to get to eighty these days. But isn't this even more concerning that Porzingis still didn't really have a very good game? Yeah, without Luca, just being the guy taking the most shots, playing the Thunder. You should hit up that guy again who was all over Shea Gilgis Alexander saying he was better than uh, somebody. He scored 78 points. Oh, Devin Booker. Yeah. Who's having a better season? Devin Booker. It's Devin Booker. Yeah. Yeah. Great game. Five of 15 from the field. More efficient. Shea's having the efficient season. Yeah. Suck Mm -hmm. it, dude. Who, who and we who, like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who right. called me? A, is he the one who called me a casual? That was what was unclear. I thought he did, but then you said he didn't call you a casual. He, he implied he implied that I was feelings. A casual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he said, I, "Do you even watch the clips?" Yeah. <laughs> Do you even watch the clips? <laughs> I you clearly watch the clips. Not you, that guy. The jackass. Yeah. Wow, this team is so bad. I don't understand, yeah. but they're competitive, but they're bad. Not tonight, they weren't. The wheels could fall, could seriously fall off for this team. Well, the weren't half. they? Well, weren't they? They held the Mavs to eighty-seven points. I don't care if Luca yeah, was not. I I don't, like I don't care if Luca wasn't playing. That's not scored, a lot of points. Like scoring seventy-eight points is is almost unfathomable today. So, yeah, tournament. All right, that is that's it for today. Um, we'll be back. Tomorrow with two episodes, regular fried deuce. We'll go over the last night of games before all-star break. There's no more game Thursday night, last night of games before the break. We are officially on Luke Walton watch. I'd be shocked if it doesn't go down by tomorrow, but who knows the NBA is weird. And then later in the day, we will have the deuce with the deuce LG do set. Wow. You should have kept, you should have held that. Well, that's pretty good. Um, Lead off the show with that. I'll say it again. Yeah, I'll say it again when we bring him on. I couldn't be more jacked up for an episode, probably since we started the show. Mm -hmm. So, uh, by the way, I will. I will also point out that yesterday we (laughs) we started this thing where we wanted to get fifty ratings on Apple Podcasts by this weekend. Mm-hmm. We had 39 yesterday, and somehow today we have 38. <laughs> so, oh, no. But I don't. <laughs> Somebody went in and deleted theirs? I didn't think that was possible, but. <laughs> We're going in the wrong direction. So somebody somebody heard us and was like, I don't like beggars. Yeah. So fuck you. And I'm taking <laughs> back my review. Yeah. My rating. How does that even happen? I don't know, but. Guys, so we got more work to do. So the new goal is 49, but we want to get there still. Yeah, and but also my request is not only please leave us a rating and review, but if you already have left a rating and review, <laughs> please don't delete it. Just, it <laughs> just, just let it go. I mean, yeah, Jesus. Even man. if you don't like beggars, how they, bad could that episode have been that made this guy be like, I got I can't, I, I can't have a five star to my name listening to this thing. I don't even, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought wow. once it was in there, there's no delete button. I thought once it was in there, it was in there for good. I would have assumed. I, I don't know, man. Ah, it's, I was like, this is, this is not, this isn't, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> what What's happening here? Not cool. Yeah. So 
I guess I'll leave you guys with please don't delete your ratings and reviews. And we'll see you tomorrow. Later. Later. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.